630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The Oilers finally, finally got a victory, ending a seven-game slide with that 5-3 win over the Calgary Flames, and the Oilers now ready to get back at it tomorrow against Vancouver. As now we're back into the regular rhythm of a season, really except for the All-Star break coming up next weekend, first weekend in February. Uh, the Oilers will be playing every second or every third day, several back-to-backs along the way as well as the team is in the uh, thick of a playoff fight in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. We'll talk more about the Oilers in a few minutes. We're also going to catch up with Jed Roberts. Always a blast to have him on the show. I'm sure he'll have many opinions and takes on uh, an entertaining weekend in the National Football League. But I want to go to the Certainty Hotline right now at 780-496-0063. We have Brian standing by. Good evening, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. How you doing, man? Quite well. Yeah. Um, so do you mind if I just say a quick thing about the others before we before the comments about the, uh, the, uh, the EE team? Of course I will allow it. You usually have something interesting to say, Brian. Uh, well, you know what? Um, I, I'm just put, I'm just putting this out there that I think that Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl are breathing a sigh of relief, and it's not because of what Koskinen did. It's because the other lines are contributing, and they're and they're, they're the players on the third and fourth line are being played more, and I am so excited to see Benson and uh, and the Fogels, all, all the guys on the you know the the I forgot the other guy's name, but um, thank you. The the guys on the third and fourth line are contributing, and and it's just so nice to see. Uh, Perlini got a beautiful goal. These guys look, these guys are ready to play, and I I think that, I I really believe that uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, even though they may not say it, they're going, yes, you know, finally we're getting some help and the coach is playing the other guys. That's all I was yep. going to say about the others. Yeah, I think that's now, fair. I, I think I think that I mean, we've been talking about that quite a bit lately. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to cut a guy's ice time if he's messing up. There have been some guys yeah. who have had good games and they didn't play yeah. a lot. Uh, that wasn't the case Saturday. I think everybody got to at least eight and a half minutes. Uh, I mean, those guys still had a lot of ice time, and I guess the power play's probably added to that. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. they got to be – I mean, those guys are great players, but they 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 look tired after Christmas, I thought, oh, on, some of, that, on some of that road trip. So, yeah, yeah. fair comment. What, and, yeah, and, and I was just going to say one, one last thing is three of, the, three of our veterans' forwards weren't playing, and it forced – probably tip it to play those guys the other guys but i just i love when, he, when those other guys are playing it's just it, they look like a team they're starting to become a team and i think there's a lot of hope anyway uh this the, the new uh, president and ceo we just heard on the radio um is that that was, was that his first interview uh since he's been hired uh, that's his first radio or television interview i got to give credit where credit is due he did a print interview with terry jones yeah, well, you know what? I, I know nothing about this guy. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Double E supporter. Uh, I thought it was fantastic that they hired Chris Jones. He's not a real PR guy, 
uh, if this guy is an Edmontonian and he's he's a promoter and he's a cheerleader for the team and he loves the city, as long as they work, to, I, I mean, I, I think I think the, uh, the the board must have you know do what they're doing. I'm put, I, I believe they did and they hired the right guy. Um, like I said, I, I've never heard of this guy. I, I think you said you graduated with him in the university class. That you, well, I did. I didn't uh, know him, but yeah, we were at the yeah. at the U of A at the same time. We didn't know each other, but yeah. What 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 year was that? Ninety five. 1995. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I thought you were younger than that. But anyway, um, you, know, you know what? I'm excited for, for this. Uh, you know, to me, as long as you don't get in Chris Jones' way to let him run that football team, I think we're going to be just fine. And if this guy loves the city, you know, thank goodness we have somebody that's actually from the city and he has the credentials, you know, all the power to him. Right on. Okay, Brian, thanks for listening, man. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks. That's Brian checking in at 780-496-0063. You know, I I find it interesting with team presidents, and I guess from living in or near Edmonton all of my life, or a large portion of my life, uh, I I think it's one of those jobs where no one really cares too much about it unless things are going wrong. So I think I think it can be a bit of a, a thankless job at times. Uh, I mean, if the team is going well and uh, they're winning and maybe they're winning championships or going deep into the playoffs, you know, it's like, well, who's the president of the team? Well, it doesn't matter. The players and the coaches are doing a good job. And then if, uh, if things aren't going well, it's like, well, what's the president doing about it? When is he going to step in and, and make a change? So, you know, <laughs> I think it can be kind of a thankless job in a way like that. I, I mean, look, he, he replaces Chris Preston, who obviously was not from Edmonton. Um, I think, and, and I said it the day that Preston and Sunderland and uh, Elizondo were, were let go. I said, look, we all know how thing, poorly things went in 2021. I'm not, I'm not going to dance on their graves they, they tried to do the job the way they thought it should be done, and, and it didn't equal success. Uh, you know, I think Presson was hired to do some things that he then couldn't do because of the pandemic, and, and that was probably in terms of marketing and trying to increase ticket sales and stuff like that, and then the pandemic wiped out a season, and then you still had the pandemic affecting 2021, and and the team did really poorly. So, you know, I'm not going to bash uh, Chris Preston. As, you know, he lost his job as a result of some things that happened, but I, I, do th- I, I do know that that was something brought up to me by a lot of people, where, that it was like, well, what does Chris Preston really know? Like, does he really know those subtle little things about the history of the team and famous plays and famous players and uh, what fans want and all that type of thing. Now, look, I think Victor Quee's got a job ahead of him, like I said, in terms of getting people into the stadium. If the Elks had had a successful year or even a more successful year, if they maybe had won a couple home games, let's forget they didn't win a single one. They were 0-7 at home. Would have there been... uh, crowds like there's no doubt to me those those last two home games there were fewer than 10,000 people in Commonwealth I, I I went to the one game against Hamilton I didn't go to the game against Saskatchewan because I was working the Oilers game that night which was an epic one that was the night they played the Rangers um so I I don't think that the uh fan apathy and the lack of attendance would have been to the degree that it was uh, if the team were doing a little better but but having said that I mean it's just it's just a matter of fact, you can look it up that there's been a steady decline in attendance around the Canadian football league and uh, in season, the season ticket holder base here in Edmonton and all those types of things. So I think that's Victor's challenge, 
Uh, clearly, to me, in that interview, he had a lot of enthusiasm. Um, I asked him about a couple specific things that maybe need to be taken care of, whether it's mobile ticketing, getting fans in, you know, continuing to market the new name and the new image. And, hey, I, look, guys, I'm not an idiot. I, I know he's first week on the job and maybe he's not going to have any concrete answers but i still thought those were important questions to ask just to see if there was any direction that he was going to offer uh but but i think those are the types of things that that have to happen here here's how i look at it and this is just my perspective so i i I look i if you listen to me with any regularity i i don't claim to have the be all and end all of all the knowledge but i i do care about the teams here and the sports scene here and i do have a perspective from covering it and being a part of it for a while now. I think there are still a lot of people that want to be Elks fans. And maybe the last couple of years, they felt a little disenfranchised from it, whether it was there being a lost season, whether it was uh, a name change that they didn't support. And then this past year, just a team that could absolutely could not win. And let's face it, they weren't close in a lot of their games. I'm going to reference Michael Riley again, who retired when he came to the Elks. Obviously they had the different name at the time. When he came here, his first year, uh, they were bad. (laughs) They were flat out bad. They were four and 14, but uh, they played some exciting games. They didn't get blown out a lot. You could see a lot of potential this past year. I mean, with the exception of maybe a few players, you didn't see a lot to me anyway, where you were like, okay, well, I, but I see where it's going. So Chris Jones helps. Um, He's obviously proven around the Canadian football league. So I I think that's one of the tasks for Victor Kui is let's reconnect with fans who maybe have felt a little jaded the last couple of years for a variety of reasons. But I think the bigger task is can you get, a generation of fans who have not grown up with the CFL as a primary viewing option to think, you know what? I just want to go to Commonwealth. Maybe I'm not going to get season's tickets. Maybe I'm going to go to the Labor Day rematch and pick a a couple other games. And, And I think we know that's generally a younger fan base. When I think back to when I was a kid, I was flattered that Brian didn't, that he thought I was younger than I am. I'm 47 years old. I'm turning 48 pretty soon. I'm sure many of you are around my age or even older. And when I grew up, I mean, I, we, I've told this story several times and uh, some of you it resonates with others of you think I'm, you know, some old fashioned dude, but like there were two channels. There were two channels. So you, you watch the NHL or you watch the CFL. So it was easy for me as, as a kid growing up north of Evansburg. Well, I want to watch sports. Well, what am I going to watch? Well, you might get the odd Blue Jays or Expos game. And by the way, we're going to have Dave Van Horn on the show a little bit later on, who was calling Expos games on CBC with Duke Schneider when I was a kid. But you didn't have this universe where, like, here's the thing. Even where, where, where the, the NFL, you would start getting games in the playoffs and you would get one game a week you i think usually itv would show a game so you know i grew up as a kid it's like okay i want to watch live sports while well, i get hockey night in canada you probably got one oilers game during the week on itv with spellacy and dancy and whoever was doing the games and um and you got almost every cfl game was was on tv 
you know, so I'm I'm turning 48 this year. If you're turning 28 this year, even if you've lived in a rural area like I did, you've probably grown up. All the Oilers games are on TV. Several other NHL games are on TV every week. You can watch most NFL games. You can watch the NBA. You can get MMA on pay-per-view if you're into that. So, you know, it's a totally different universe. So how to me, that's the thing for Victor Kui. How do you get people to say, let's, hey, hey, 21-year-olds, 20, you're back at university. Uh, go to the Labor Day rematch, you know, don't go to Goose Looney's or Denny Andrews. I don't even know if these places still exist, anybody. Anymore, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, let's go to the game because uh, we're going to have a product on the field hopefully you start to care about and you'll feel like you're at a place that that has a vibe and gives you a connection to the city and the community. Because I think, I, I do think cheering for a sport, well, I know cheering for a sports team is often about more than how is the team doing, though we all prefer when the teams do better. There, there's, some, there, there's something else about it. And this, this last year, well, the last two years have been tough for the Elks and the CFL. A, there was no season, and we can debate whether they should have tried to have one and all that kind of stuff, what they could have done. But I mean, we've, we've sort of dealt with that. And then, you know, B, can you get a, a better team and get people interested to the point where even if it's not a championship team every year, you care a lot and you still want to go. So I, to me, you know, I, I think that's Victor's biggest challenge is sort of restoring this, this connection between the Elks and some areas of the community. I personally don't think it's gone in all areas of the community. Um, I'm not one of these people that thinks the sky is falling for the CFL and the league's going to fold within two years or whatever. I mean, I've been here, speaking of growing up in Evansburg, I've been hearing that since I was a kid in Evansburg growing up, that some people always have doom and gloom for the league. I think Victor believes in it. I think he had a lot of energy in that interview. And, you know, it sounds to me like he's going to get to work. And if if his past of growing up here and uh, the, the story his parents have and working, you know, seeing the Commonwealth Games as a kid and, and working with the track and field championships and knowing Rick Lawlisher, if all that helps him, you know, then, then maybe a year from now we're going to be talking about a different story with where the Elks stand in our sporting community. Just some thoughts I have. 780-496-0063 if you want to weigh in. We'll get to the Oilers news of the day as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You know, 630 Chet is proud to support the 23rd annual Chorus Radiothon on January 28th, or as some people will call it, this Friday. Listen for uplifting stories of healing and hope and help raise funds for the amazingly inspirational kids at the Stollery Children's Hospital. Uh, we're going to have a huge day of coverage uh, up until 6 o'clock. And, well, it'll be an and counting total that we'll give you at 6 o'clock. So, yeah, the 23rd Annual Chorus Radiothon. This is always an incredible day, an inspirational day, an emotional day, uh, all helping out the uh, great kids at the Stollery Children's Hospital that has come up Friday here on 6.30 Chet. So please keep that in mind. Hey, hope you're having a great day. It is uh, It's Monday. For some reason, I was struggling to remember what day of the week it is. It is Monday, January 24th. I was uh, off work yesterday and watched uh, a lot of football. And it was thrilling, wasn't it? Jed Roberts, the former member of the Double E football team, is going to weigh in on a wild NFL playoff weekend. And, of course, we're going to talk about playoff overtime. How can we not? 
How, how can we not? I, you know, I asked Warren Moon about it a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to remind you what he said. So uh, that's that's pretty neat as well. Here's what's going on in the NHL this evening. After the first, the Wild lead the Canadians 2-1. After two, Golden Knights up one nothing on the Capitals. Second intermission, 1-1 Stars and Flyers. Kings leading the Rangers 2-1 and the Ducks leading the Bruins 3-2. Still to come, Chicago at Colorado, St. Louis at Calgary. That one will start in about 15 minutes, so we'll update you on those once they get going. James Wilder Jr. has been re-signed by the Edmonton Elks. We will hear a little bit from him later on tonight. As for the Edmonton Oilers, practice today, then flying off to, uh, to Vancouver. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, though he is not for sure, for sure, coming back tomorrow but it looks very good that he's going to play he did center the third line with zach cassian and brendan perlini which is an interesting and perhaps somewhat enticing combination we know how perlini could shoot the puck if he gets a split second to get it off cassian sick on saturday uh said he was quite ill during the game and wasn't even really able to watch uh on saturday night but it looks like he's going to return Oilers special teams during this last 16-game slump that has seen them go 3-11-2, even with the win on Saturday. Well, they've been abysmal since the 3rd of December. Well, I shouldn't say abysmal because the, the power play has still been okay. I mean, 22% during that time, couple goals on Saturday. As I've said before, you can survive with a power play that is struggling a little bit. You generally can't survive with a penalty kill that is abysmal. That word applies to the penalty kill. Don't get me wrong there. The penalty killing over the last 62 games, or pardon me, after the, uh, there, I gave away the percentage, over the last 16 games is 62.5%. Well, better than 50-50, I guess. Uh, Chicago was 67.7. The uh, LA Kings are 70.3. So just two teams since December 2nd, under 70% in penalty killing, and the Oilers are by far the worst. Now, they have not had the Nuge for all those games, and Dave Tippett says Nugent Hopkins is going to help both special teams. He plays a big part in both those. You know, our power play, he's been playing uh, playing on that pretty steady here for two or three years and does a big job there. And then both him and Hyman have been out, and uh, they're, they're good penalty killers for us. So that's uh, he'll jump back into both those quickly. All right, so yeah, Nuge going to help on both units, uh, clearly. And I, I, hey, Evan Bouchard, what a night on the power play the other night. He sure gets that shot off, so that's going to help as they go along there. The, the other lines, so it was uh, Fogel with Dreisaitl and Pugliarvi. That line remained together. You had Shore with Ryan and Sevier. There was a fifth line today of Tyler Benson and Kyle Turris with Seth Griffith, who's on the taxi squad. And then that top line, it was McDavid down the middle, Yamamoto on the right side, and Ryan McLeod on the left wing. He played there the last two periods against Calgary after centering his own line before that. So it looks like he's going to start there tomorrow when Tippett had a little bit to say on McLeod going to the left wing. Yeah, I just kind of went with that after the first period in the Calgary game. He's... He, it looked like it freed him up a little bit to a little more ice, less coverage down low. So we'll see how it goes here for a day or two. All right. Well, so not exactly a, a, a huge endorsement that that's going to be a combination for a while, but it appears they stick with it tomorrow. McLeod's looking more confident. Uh, McLeod's definitely looking more confident. So a little bit of time with McDavid. We'll see. I mean, what's the dream for the Oilers? Three decent lines. They've had two at times this season. 
with Nuge coming back, if Perlini could keep scoring, if Cassian plays with some energy, no, those are still some ifs, but uh, maybe, maybe something the Oilers can work on here. All right, we got to call a quick timeout. We got the news, we got the weather, and then we got one of my favorite guys to talk to. Jed Roberts will check in on the wild NFL weekend and uh, football overtime in general. Who does it best? Also, if you missed it today, former double league quarterback Mike Riley has retired at the age of 36, 2015 Great Cup champion right here in Edmonton. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.